0: hello everybody welcome to a brand new episode of not aspirational with hannah brown i'm your host hannah brown welcome back for those of you who are new welcome Great to have y'all here. First of all, if you're not following me already, follow me at Hannah a. Brown on Instagram and Twitter and at Hannah a. Brown 0 on the TikToks. Um, also, if you just can't get enough of me, head on over to patreon.com slash notaspirational. And for just $5 a month, you get access to all the bonus episodes. It's a great time. Right now, I'm recapping season two of Roni, um, but sometimes I throw in some curveballs and just do whatever the hell I want. So check that out. Um let's see let's see let's see what else oh also check me out I uh, guested on two podcasts this last week I was on everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino we talked selling sunset there was a fuck ton of confusion because everyone thinks I'm the other Hannah Brown and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't really fucking bitter about it I'm older than her it's been my name longer also I was supposed to be named Zuzu Brown yes my name was supposed to be Zuzu Brown Zuzu after uh, Zuzu from It's a Wonderful Life it would have been the cutest cheek name ever but then my mom was like no she's going to get made fun of on the playground don't name her Zuzu just name her Hannah and I'm like thanks a fucking lot mom Thanks a lot. Anyways, had a great time on Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, Friend of the Pod. Check it out. I also guested on BDE, Big Disney Energy, with Friend of the Pod, Tyler Meredith. I love her. She's so fucking funny. She's fabulous. We talked about the movie Enchanted. We recapped it. It was so fun. So if you're looking for some Disney giggles, check out BDE, Big Disney Energy in general, but also check out our episode on Enchanted. And obviously, if you're not already listening to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, go ahead and do that. That too. Um, before I get into the Bravo of it all, couple quick things. First of all, um, I'm doing well <laughs> because TikTok just awakened me to an aesthetic called Cottage Core hashtag Cottage Core. It's basically like an aesthetic that's like. The lady who lives in the woods. It's like very like cottages and balls of yarn and kittens and cups of tea and forests. And I'm telling you, cottagecore aesthetic is so autumnal, so soothing. Fall Autumn. I should. I don't believe in the word fall. I believe in the word autumn. Autumn is upon us. It's on the way. For those of you who are curious, September twenty second is the official beginning of autumn. Um, I can't wait for the big sweaters. I can't wait for leggings with a chunky sock with a sensible Chelsea boot. I can't wait for a little top knot. I can't wait for bowls of chili, pumpkin spice everything, pumpkin bread. And I'm not even going to call it basic because I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not a hashtag basic bitch. Like I'm not trying to like steal Stasi's crown if she still has one. Um, I am saying though, autumn is just like, it's not up for debate. I, I've spent so much of my life thinking I was a summer girl. Like every summer I'm like, I'm a summer girl. I just, I want to be by the pool. I want to be by the beach. I'm such a summer girl. And I think it's just because I love my birthday and my birthday's in the summer. But like by and large, I don't really like the summer that much. I don't like that it's hot. I don't like summer clothes as much as I like fall and winter clothes. I love fall because you get to layer to be like cute, not to be practical the way you have to in the winter. I mean, in LA, I guess you can layer to be cute all year round. But like I grew up in Chicago, so, you know, or in the suburbs of Chicago. So, you know, layering in the winter in Chicago is the least like the least cute thing on the planet. But I love fall clothes. I love fall movies. You can watch spooky ones. You can watch Hocus Pocus. You can watch Practical Magic. I mean, I just love it. So I'm really excited for that. Hashtag cottagecore. All this to say, if any of y'all are still on the TikToks, look up hashtag cottagecore. You will not be disappointed. You will be incredibly soothed. Um, Before we get into... Oh, also, I don't know if Mercury is in retrograde, but um, funny little like not aspirational moment that I had was I was like, you know what, Hannah? finding a job is a real bitch right now. Let's just try and throw our energy into acting. So I tried, you know, I I feel like I kind of like I consider myself an actor and I know that that's what I want to do, but I I was kind of lazy about really putting my my whole my whole ass into it. Um, but, you know, I've been feeling super magnetic lately thanks to my woo-woo workshop. Shout out to To Be Magnetic. It's been making me feel very magnetic and vibrational. So I was like, let's just throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Let's just throw some shit out there. So I signed up for this acting workshop kind of on a whim. It was with like, a casting director and then this, like, director-producer guy. And the gal who was organizing it, she was super nice. She was reaching out to me via email just being like, confirm receipt of this email. Send me your headshot and resume so I can pass it along, et cetera. I sent her. I'm like, great. Super excited. I'm like really eager. I'm like about to go to bed, but I'm eagerly like emailing her back and I send her my resume and my headshot. And then I realized I sent her a resume from like 2019. I'm like, silly me. I like worked really hard on my resume like last month to make myself sound like I've, you know, actually worked in this industry. Um, So I was like, oh, shoot, I have to send her an updated one, sent her another one. Didn't send her the right file. I had to send her my resume three separate times. I was like, "Well, that's a good first impression." I can't even send a fucking email without being a mess. So, hashtag not aspirational. I don't know if I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Mercury in retrograde. But if anyone else is having tech issues, DM me. Let's talk about it. It was so embarrassing. I was like, "Oops, facepalm." <laughs> Third time's a charm. <laughs> Sorry. And she was nice about it, but I was like, "Wow, I'm such a ding dong." Okay, so Mercury in Retrograde, maybe, Cottagecore. Before we get into Bravo, I want to make a couple recommendations. First of all, Lovecraft Country, y'all. It premiered on HBO last Sunday. It was incredible. Uh, I loved it because it it's realistic and it talks about racism, but it also has this sci-fi element to it and also... Journey Smollett, I've loved her since *Eve's Bayou*. Well, really since *Full House*, but *Eve's Bayou* like fucked me up as a kid. I don't know why I watched that as a kid. It's a really beautiful but really fucking scary movie. But I've loved her forever. Uh, the cast is stacked. It's uh, it's nonstop thrills. So I highly, highly recommend *Lovecraft Country*. Also, you should follow if you are a fellow candle lover like me. You should follow the Instagram account Well Boxed. She is a candle fucking guru. <laughs> Her name is Nadine Coy and her whole grid is just like, it's so soothing, so aesthetically pleasing. She gives candle reviews. She's just awesome and I love her page and I recently discovered it because Sir Candleman, who I've been following for a while, recommended her page and she's awesome. So make sure to follow Wellboxed, aka Nadine Coy. Um, And then finally, I got a book called This Book is Anti-Racist by Tiffany Jewell and illustrated by Aurelia Durand. And I'm not super far into it, yet, but I'm loving it so far. It's just a beautiful book um, that's so educational. It has a glossary in the back. It breaks down anti-racist terms. It has little activities in it. So I feel like it's a great book to read by yourself. Or if you have kids, you can read it together. You can bring it to book club. I just think it's an awesome book. So I cannot recommend it enough. I'm excited to dive into it further. It's called This Book is Anti-Racist. So make sure to check that out. Let's get into the Bravo of it all. First of all, let's start out with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Also, if you haven't seen it yet, not to flex, but I posted a pretty ridiculous video of me doing my Denise Richards impression. Um, I've been wanting, I said this on here, but I'm trying to move away from Bravo on the podcast and move more into interviews because that's what I feel called to do. That's more interesting to me right now. I love all the guests I've had. I love getting to talk to people about their experiences. So we're going to do that. Um, But my impressions will be making their way onto my Instagram slowly but surely. Now, full disclosure, I have had a box of wigs in my closet for about a month. I ordered a bunch on Amazon. I got really excited and then I got them and I was like, oh fuck. And so I just hid them in my closet and was like, I can't deal with these right now. But I posted this Denise video today, and so many of you gave me so much amazing feedback, and have been sharing it. It's just been so so fun to watch it bring joy to people, and I'm not gonna lie, I also love the validation. So there will be more impressions on my Instagram soon, so keep an eye out for those. And please, if you're liking them, like feel free to share. I love it. Oh, also I didn't say this before, but if you're liking the podcast, please head on over to iTunes and leave it a rating and a review. I really 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 appreciate it, and it makes the show easier to discover, easier to find. And again, not that it's a competition, but no one knows who the fuck I am because of the other Hannah Brown so your reviews your shares it all means the world to me okay let's get into Beverly Hills so I'm really just gonna skip to the baby shower because that was the only scene that really mattered to me we had Denise FaceTiming Garcelle and Dorit being like I'm not and she's like I can't come I'm sick Yes, yeah, sorry I'm sick and then it cuts to her confessional she's like I'm not very sad that I'm sick so I'm like Denise are you really sick and Garcelle's like I don't know if she's really sick Basically, I thought that Denise just didn't want to fucking be there, which valid. Um, we saw Dorit's room finally, the Capri room at Bucca de Beppo. It's so fun to say, Bucca de Beppo. You know, it was a room. Uh, I was curious to like how Teddy didn't think that something was afoot perhaps a surprise baby shower when her and Kyle were just casually going to Buka de Beppo for a sensible girls night. Now, listen, I love a chain restaurant. I don't need people up in my DMs telling me that I'm a snob. This podcast is called Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown for a reason. I've had McDonald's for my birthday dinner two years in a row and two Valentine's Days in a row. So don't at me. But um, I will say... Yeah, I just, I don't see Teddy and Kyle like casually going to beppo beppo for funsies. So I was like, Teddy's not surprised in the slightest. Uh, Then Erica comes in with her pink wig and she's like, I'm wearing the baby's gender on my head. And Rina's like, you know, people like baby showers. They really do. So they're talking and it comes up at dinner or lunch, whatever fucking time it was in this monstrosity of a room um they're talking about Erica flying to New York shortly to be Roxy in Chicago and uh Rinna's kind of like oh yeah well when I did it and Garcelle basically called out that Rinna was making the conversation about herself and Rinna's like well you know if if you thought that it was about me I mean I feel sad for you that you thought that in any way you know you know what I mean you know what I mean and Garcel's like, oh, well, I don't think that's how you should put it. And Rena's like, oh, come on. You know me better than that, Garcel. The glottal fry on Garcel, like when Rena said Garcel, was unbelievable. And then we had a montage of Rena, like being like, we've done a lot of things similar. And Rena then says to Garcel, if you felt that, that's on you. It's not about me at all. It's on you. I don't know what voice that just was, but we're going to roll with it. And Garcelle's just kind of like, okay, cool. And then at the end, like, they have a hug. And Garcelle's like, you've always been there for me. And that was a shitty thing to say. And Rita's like, oh! And then they just, like, have a hug. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad that we were ramping up to a fight that, like, literally didn't happen. It was, like, two seconds of tension. And then we just, like, moved on. And we're like, let's get back to the Brandy and the Denise fucking storyline. So... Brandy shows up late because she's casually in the neighborhood, even though she was invited. I was unclear. Brandy and her ponytails show up. (sighs) Shout out to mainly Bravo, AKA Raven host of the hit podcast, bitches better who made a hilarious meme of Brandy and Ramona's quote, struggle ponies. That made me laugh out loud. I mean, her pony was a fucking disaster. Um, so then Dorit interrogates Brandy about if she considers herself honest. She's like, Brandy, do you consider yourself honest? And then Kyle reveals to Brandy like all the shit they hit the fan in Rome with Denise. And Brandy feels like awkward because there were some random other women at the end of the table. And it's all very uncomfortable like as they're having this discussion. And I forgot that Teddy had like other friends. Like I, I it took me a second to process that those other women at the table were like real people and not extras. But also, even now, like, I'm not even totally certain that that's true. Like, I still kind of think they were just, like, hired extras. They went to, you know, what's that called? Casting, whatever. Okay, I paused and asked Jake. Uh, and then he didn't hear me. But then I came up with the answer myself. Central casting. It's like they just hired a bunch of people from fucking central casting to sit at the table and look uncomfortable while Brandy and her ponytail were also uncomfortable. So Teddy's like, I think it's time for my friends to leave because this is not baby shower talk. So then her extras slash friends leave and they continue to go in on Brandy. And Erica's like, Brandy, she told me you were lying. And Brandy reveals that she bit Denise. And the next morning, Denise was like, Aaron can never know this. He'll kill me. And Brandy's like, uh, oh, and Denise also said, this is from my corset. And they're like, what? and I was thinking like what the fuck kind of like kinky vampire novel is this and Brandy's like well you know she was she was wearing a corset so Brandy had bite marks that Denise claimed were from her corset vampire kink and then Brandy passes her phone around and it's revealed that Denise and Brandy have texted a lot and they're like Lillian they're like honey baby baby mama you want to like go to dinner tonight honey and like is like I mean this is a relationship the group is divided okay some people believe Brandy some people believe Denise Dorit is pissed Brandy said she sucked on her tit question mark was it tit was it clit I honestly in this moment felt like Teddy when Brandy's like we hooked up and Teddy's like like kissed like I, I literally was like, "What did, what did Brandy suck?" Because Kyle was like, "I don't like when you talk like that." I was like, "I'm trying to decipher like what the fuck even happened with the biting and the sucking and the corset and the vampire kink." I'm all very confused. Uh, Teddy thinks Denise and and Brandy for sure had a relationship because of these quote like, "Hey, pretty mama" texts. I mean, if that's the case, then Heather Thompson's texts probably look like she's fucking all of her girlfriends. Hey, mama. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot of honey and baby and Renna's like, no, I don't have this relationship with Denise. This is a relationship. And Brandy says she thinks Denise is a bigger manipulator than LVP. And I was like, sorry, but agree to disagree. And I don't know if this argument holds any water, but here's my argument. A woman with that wardrobe, i.e. Denise's wardrobe is not manipulative. A woman with that wardrobe doesn't think in those types of terms. LVP dresses like a villain. Denise simply doesn't. And for that reason, I don't think she's a manipulator. And I don't think she's a manipulator on LVP's scale at all. In the immortal words of Tom Girardi that I quote at least once every three weeks, LVP was a, an alligator under the water. She was a sniper from the side. And Denise just simply is not. Erica then heads to New York City to do the show and talks about how she was go-go dancing and she used to see the planes go by, which I thought was cute. We love a full circle moment, a true Cinderella story that Erica Jane... Then Rinna goes to Kyle's and she thinks that Denise has manipulated her to weaponize their friendship. And my note is literally LOL what in all caps? Like, who the fuck thinks like this? Like, I, I understand that LVP is very manipulative. But again, Denise, like, orders chicken tenders at a five-star resort I feel like this is like Elle Woods logic like happy people don't just kill their husbands but I'm like a woman who orders chicken tenders at a five-star resort is not a master manipulator she does not know how to weaponize a friendship like Rinna get a fucking grip Rinna's like I feel duped she feels duped she feels played she feels bamboozled the season finale is next week I finally get to get off of this fucking ride. This never this whole season is like the fucking ride. It's a small world after all. It's just a sing-songy, aesthetically pleasing, if that bullshit ride that never fucking ends, and I can't take it anymore so i'm excited that next week is the finale in a shocking turn of events denise uh, stands everyone up at an event and doesn't want to confront anybody a shock to no one brandy then arrives at the event kyle's hair actually kind of looks good for once which is honestly the plot twist of this entire season and so yeah the season finale is happening and i don't want to say like i'm so excited for the season finale because i don't really give a fuck it's a small world after all let's get into Rony. um So this episode opened on the gals getting ready for dinner. And Ramona's like, what are we going to do about Dorinda tonight? Because, you know, the other day I Googled what causes anger. I like to Google things. And this is the article I found. Do I have anger issues? How to handle an angry outlook. So Ramona and Sonia are brainstorming and they're looking at like anger outlooks, outbreaks, whatever, trying to figure shit out, like what the fuck is going on with Dorinda. And then Ramona... Tactfully sends it to fucking everyone, including Dorinda. So Luann's getting ready. The, the pillar of this entire vacation receives the article on her phone and she goes, Oh my God, what? What? And then she slinks into Ramona and Sonia's room and she's like, Did you, you send this to Dorinda? And Ramona's like, Yeah, I know. Okay. And she's like, Oh, you did it on purpose? Oh, you did. Huh. Well, I thought you did it by accident. And Ramona's like, no, you know, I'm not tiptoeing around here anymore. I'm just not. Okay. And then Dorinda retaliates by sending back all these negative articles that she can find about Ramona. And Luann is diplomatic. She's just like, you know, you could have talked to her nicely at dinner, but now she's going to be on a rampage. Luann just totally calls that shit out. She's like, that was incendiary of you to do, Ramona, and shitty to do to Dorinda, period, and also shitty to do on a group text. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? And Ramona's like, well, no, she has to address her issues and stop, like, deflecting by attacking us. And Sonia's just nodding along, looking like motherfucking goose with those glasses perched on her nose, like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ramona, meanwhile, I'm sorry, Dorinda, meanwhile, is aquanetting her hair down in some sensible glitter macrame pants. (laughs) Jake loved those pants but more on that in a second Um, and Luann is just so pissed off she has to leave early the next morning she just wants to pack she's like you know things couldn't just be left alone this is totally going to be another shit show of a dinner and Ramona's like Ramona's basically just like okay Luann like I sent the text but you figure it out she's like you think about it I'll follow your lead so Luann's like great now I have to put out the fire that Ramona started Dorinda then comes into Ramona and Sonia's room and goes those are great articles aren't they yeah, those are only two. I got more coming. And Ramona's like, "You look gorgeous. You look gorgeous, darling." I cannot with Ramona always laying it on thick right after right after she does something fucked up to someone. I'm like, "The audacity, Ramona." And Dorinda's like, "Should I send more articles? My friend Margaret, Giselle, my friend Vicky. Ooh. Ooh." And Ramona's like, "You're deflecting. You're deflecting as she Flees to the bathroom And Dorinda's like It's deflecting No Ramona It's deflecting And Dorinda's doing That condescending thing And then she makes fun Of Ramona By being like I'm traumatized I'm traumatized I'm traumatized Like fake crying Like a fucking Like mean Seventh grade girl At a sleepover And she's like Do your turtle time Don't be jealous It's okay You can have my life You're jealous And you're angry It's okay And Ramona's like What are you talking about I have a great life It's okay It's okay And she's like Laughing uncomfortable maybe about to cry TBD and then Ramona says to Sonia so Dorinda leaves Ramona says to Sonia what is her problem and Sonia's like well you know your issue of being rude to her has nothing to do with her anger management Sonia admits that she fully egged it on because she just loves watching the shit show occur. She's like, well, you know, I knew it was silly of Ramona to do that. But honestly, I wanted to see how it went down. Honestly, I love how honest Sonia is about being as juvenile as she is. I We got to love her for it. And Mona's like, you know what? Maybe she's jealous of me. Yeah, I have a great life. I have a great life. Red flags when Ramona says she has a great life. I mean, lest we forget the reunion before Mario and Ramona broke up. Andy's like, so what's going on with you and Mario? And she's like, I would not discuss this. I have a beautiful life. I'm very blessed. Okay. I have a great daughter, I have a beautiful husband. I have a beautiful life. I make a lot of money. I mean, Ramona loves talking about how amazing her life, her, her life is when things are really shitty. So she's trying to deflect. Then it's revealed. Oh, it's revealed that Ramona shit her robe. There is shit on the floor she shit on the floor there is poop on the floor I'm exhausted how do you poop how do you shit yourself okay did she have just like a really intense fart that actually was a shart like and even if Even if that's so, okay, let's just like work with that theory. And I don't want to concentrate on this for too long, but like she's shit on the floor multiple times in this series, okay? And also, if you have an unclear fart, maybe shart, why the fuck would you like test it while you're wearing a robe? You don't even have anything to catch it. I'm not trying to be disgusting here, but like Ramona... Come on, that's very de classe. I mean, she throws around the word de classe like nobody's business, and I'm like, you're a fucking mess, you pooped on the floor, enough. Lou then has a sit down with Dorinda before dinner, and she just wants to be cool with the girls, and Dorinda's like, I don't want things to be cool with the girls. Dorinda's annoyed because she just feels like she's constantly going above and beyond for the women, and they don't give a shit about her. They're constantly coming at her, and she feels like Luann is acknowledging her own dark past, and I'm like, Dorinda, we aren't talking about that today. We've talked about this before. Like, yes, Luann also does have a dark past, Why is it a competition? Like, I just, it bothers me so, it was honestly so frustrating to watch. I was like, if you can't take accountability for your shit, Dorinda, like what friendship do you and Luann have? Like, I felt like I was taking crazy pills. Like poor Luann's just trying to smooth things over so that they can have a nice time at dinner. And Dorinda's constantly just like putting Luann down and being like, but what about you? It's like, stop being so defensive and like take some responsibility. Like, I just cannot. (sighs) And then Dorinda's like, I'm not going to have this because I love you more than the minutiae. And she thinks Luann lives in the past. Lou and myself felt like we were taking crazy pills. Also, side note, Lou looked really hot in her champagne silk dress with the slit. I was very into it. She then put a flower in her hair later. Luann loves like a Blanche DuBois flower in the hair, which isn't really my journey. But she looked stunning nonetheless. Meanwhile, Jake once again was like, I love those pants in reference to Dorinda's pants. And he goes, I would wear a jacket made out of that. A sweater. So... So stay tuned because someday you just might see on my Instagram or Jake's Instagram, even though he doesn't really like when people follow him, him wearing a macrame blazer slash sweater that's also glittery. Um... um, Leah then comes out and awkwardly watches Lou and Dorinda duke it out. And Leah's like, I mean, I do agree that Dorinda came from Luann. And I get she's upset, but she's like dragging it out for way too long. She said sorry. And even if it's not a truthful sorry, let's just have dinner. And Dorinda's like, we don't need to get caught up in the semantics. I told you I love you. And Leah's like, yeah. So Lou wants to make it right. But Dorinda refuses. Ramona, then they're sitting down for dinner. Ramona wears white pants to dinner. And all I could think of was like, poop in those pants poopy pants poop on the back of those white fucking pants um i also love to see sonia in her frilly little white dress it was like a francesca's trying to be love shack fancy dress and we love to see it ramona's then being psycho grabbing the wine bottle from the server like aggressively being like no 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 this is old no i don't want it it's bad it's bad Um, And then Sonia speaks truths in her confessional. She's like, let me have the 1962 Petrus, and you can have the 2020 Pinot Grigio. I mean, honestly, truth like Ramona. Again, lest we forget Ramona shit on the floor and she likes to act like she's this like wine connoisseur, like she has this snobby attitude about her. And I'm like, for what? Like, clearly you are being poured a beautiful glass of wine and you're you're micromanaging the temperature of it I was so unclear I was I loved Sonia this episode by the way I thought she was delightful I I always think Sonia is delightful though I really do so Ramona's being a bitch about the wine and then Ramona's uh, so the server brings another bottle and Ramona's like no but it's cold though she's complaining again and Sonia's like really And Luann's like, there's so much bullshit going around this table. I can't even take it. And they're all trolling Ramona for her like over the top bullshit because she sat down being like, oh, this is beautiful. Everything's amazing. And then two seconds later, she starts complaining. Classic. Um, And Luann's like, you know what, Ramona? You caused chaos in the house tonight. And Leah's like, what'd you do? And why didn't you include me in the text message? No, but why didn't you include me in the text message? I love Leah totally making this about how Ramona was also a bitch for leaving her out of the text message. And I'm like, yes, again, common denominator. Ramona is all around horrible, horrible. Leah wants to see the text. So she sees the text and she's like, all right, 7.15 p.m. I mean, maybe she thought if I were on the text, I would think it was about me. And then she's like, okay, Zarina then sends an article, and Lou's like, four. And Leah's like, negative article about Ramona. And then we see Ramona and her French manicure, like, cradling her wine glass. And Leah's like, well, do you think Zarina has an anger management problem? And Ramona's like, you know, you've helped me through some of my darkest moments. And Sonia's like, here we go. And they all just start laughing at Ramona's expense, which I was delighted by. And Ramona's... Confused as to why the other women are making her be the mouth regarding Dorinda. And it's like, no, girl, they just don't want to pick this battle the way you do. And also, it's like, again, what Luann did in confronting Dorinda is very different than passive aggressively sending an article to like five different women and the woman you're addressing. Like, come on, get a grip. And uh, Dorinda's pissed that Ramona, like, oh, wait, sorry. So then, Ramona and Lou get into it and Lou's like, I want you to be real, be real. And Dorinda's pissed that Ramona like piled on her. And Dorinda's like in her confessional, she's like, well done, Ramona. You did a great job at being a terrible person. And Ramona's like, you know, Dorinda just doesn't want to get it. I give up. I give up. I cry uncle. Sonia then defends Dorinda, saying she always has everyone else's back, but of course she's gonna have a short fuse because Dorinda's not prioritizing herself. She's projecting her pain onto others. And I was like, Sonia, voice of reason. We love to see it. And Sonia in her confessional is like, if you don't get that, you're an imbecile. True. So they end up toasting to the good, the bad, and the articles from Ramona. And Ramona's like, no, we're re-finding ourselves. We're refining. So then some nice Nancy Myers, it's complicated type transition music plays as the women are packing to go home. And I was sad about it. I was sad that this vacation was over. Um, Sonia and Ramona are discussing the night's events the following morning. And Ramona's like, I can get hysterical. I can get hysterical. And that's how the trip ended. They head home we're back in new york we cut to a meeting that leah had for her brand married to the mob i didn't think it was the most interesting scene and then we get a wild scene where ramona goes to therapy for the first time in three months because she wasn't feeling right in her heart and her soul um and we get a glorious cut back to earlier in the season when she's like i want a man to hold me to love me to want me to be with me. um and ramona comes in with notes in a slinky black like mesh dress revealing that she was sabotaging her dating life by breaking dates because she was having too much fun with her girlfriends quick note about her therapist her therapist looked like someone who i would have gone to high school with who would have gotten hot after high school who would have then confused me when i like inevitably drunkenly ig stalked him like one night when i was drunk does that make sense You know, there's always that like you fall down those like drunken rabbit holes where you just do wellness checks on like all these people you went to high school with. And you're like, oh, that person's like attractive now. When the fuck did that happen? That's what her therapist would be to me. So her girlfriends then pointed out that when she's with guys, she acts very coquettish very flirty, sitting different. And she like demonstrates and she flirtatiously like props herself on the couch, like pushes her tits forward and makes her therapist laugh very uncomfortably. And we get a wild montage of Ramona laying it on thick with myriad men over the years. She says that that side of her isn't authentic because she has so much more to offer than just being coquettish, even though she's like a sensual person with a sensual body. And she reveals that she had a good date recently, last Sunday, with a guy named Enrique, who also likes oysters and also likes alcohol, match made in heaven, and she acted like herself and she actually had the best time. So Ramona's like, I don't need a man. I mean, I want a man, but I'm comfortable with myself. I really am. And then her therapist is just like, cool, Um, great, like keep... Doing what you're doing. She's like, okay. So then we cut to Luann's cabaret rehearsal. And she's a professional. She's trying to figure out Sonia's part, but Sonia's nowhere to be found. And then Lou FaceTimes Sonia once again looking like Mother Goose with those glasses perched on her nose. And Lou's like, get your ass over here, girl. Like trying to laugh it off and act like she's not pissed, but she's clearly pissed. And Sonia's like, today's my launch. You never told me we'd be doing it on the day of my party. And Lou's like, darling, darling. And in Sonia's confessional, she's like, I didn't really get the memo. And Sonia then goes on to say she's impromptu and doesn't need a rehearsal with the team. And Lou makes a good point where she's like, um, Sonia wants to be paid more, but then doesn't bother to come to rehearsal. And then we find out that unfortunately, Ben, the director, cannot attend Sonia's launch that night because he has his Fire Island house winter reunion, which sounds like a great time. We then had a brief scene with Leah and her mom, Bunny. Again, no shade to Leah. I just not really interested in this storyline. And then we go to Sonia's Century 21 launch. Ramona was feeling herself in her Sonia Morgan dress. Uh, Luann then comes in a sensible fur shrug and statement necklace, a very 2011 aesthetic. I loved every second. I was like, she stepped out of a time capsule. It was like I was back at Illinois State University, power hour at Ken's <laughs> department, hoping that Nick. ...would show up only so he could ultimately ignore me. I was like, is she wearing an equestrian boot on the bottom? I was transported to Illinois State University 2011 by Luann's look, and I loved every second. It really did. Uh, Luann, or sorry, Ramona is then claiming that her straw is broken and she's being difficult, a shock to no one, and forcing a man to cup her glass in his hand while she figures it out. The audacity. Dorinda, then we find out Dorinda has to get surgery on a fluid sack in her hand. And then this guy, Isaac, was like, we are so excited to do this with Sonia Morgan. We love the styling. We love the fashion. We love her. And Sonia starts making a speech. And then, of course, Ramona's fucking phone rings. And listen, a quick sidebar. When I was in college as a senior, we trekked from normal Illinois, where Illinois State was, to Chicago Uh, At the end of second semester, my senior year, for a showcase, an acting showcase, where all of the best Chicago agents and casting directors were invited, and we had to pick a piece, and I was so excited because I had found this piece from a John Patrick Shanley play called "Italian American Reconciliation," where I played this, you know, like sassy Italian girl, which is, you know, my true heart center, like at my core, I feel like I should have been Italian, but I'm not. Um, anyways, I was so excited about my monologue. And I was also really excited because I had just started dating my first boyfriend and he was like playing the keys, like the transition music between acts. So he was like sitting on stage behind me at the piano, like watching me act. And I was like, I'm going to kill it for my hot new boyfriend. I was like so excited. I get up there. I start making my speech, not my speech, doing my monologue. My first line was, who's that? Aldo and I say it and then all of a sudden from the audience someone's phone starts ringing and it's like sweet dreams are made of this who am I dude and I'm like and my dad's in the audience I hear my dad turn around and go are you fucking kidding me to the guy behind him and I like literally did not have the chutzpah at the time to stop my monologue and go I'm going to start over. The guy can't find his phone. The song just keeps going, Who am I to disagree? And I'm just screaming my monologue over the phone, being like, Aldo, is that you? Needless to say, I didn't get one callback. I didn't get one audition. It's fucked up. And I've never liked that song, but now I really, really don't. And then after the audacity of this man, he goes up to me and he goes, I'm so sorry my phone rang during your monologue. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. He's like, I'm a producer of musicals. Do you do musicals? And I'm like, nope. And I'm thinking, you produce musicals? Like, you produce live theater? And you didn't think to turn your phone off before an actor showcase. Shame, 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 shame. Anyway, but that's what that moment reminded me of with Ramona's phone. So then uh, Sonia starts making the speech uh, and then she shouts out the ladies. She like talks about the toaster oven. It's cute. It's a full circle moment. And Leah's like, she is glowing tonight. Like there's something about Sonia tonight that I've never noticed before. And there's a twinkle in her eyes and I'm really happy for her. So the episode ended on a sweet high note. And next week, we have Lou singing happy birthday to Dorinda. We have a John sighting that shocked me and chilled me to my core. Uh, Ramona brings up Elise to Luann. Where the fuck has Elise been? I didn't even notice, but then I saw her in the trailer for next week and I missed her a lot. Elise then gets in a confrontation with Ramona and Ramona smiles back at her like a fucking psychopath. And that's what we can look forward to next week. Um, y'all that's all for me. Thank you so very much for tuning in this week. Those of you who are new, thank you for listening. Those of you who have been listening. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all so, so much. Thank you for all of your support. I hope y'all have had a great week and we will see you next week. Bye.